0: Hey, everybody, just a quick note. Uh, I was asked to participate in a stream on the Symphony Entertainment channel. Uh, Symphony is run by Bridget Jeffries, also known as Keeper Bridget, over on the Miskatonic University podcast. Uh, it was originally going to stream along with Oscar, who unfortunately couldn't make it due to the medical things that he's been dealing with in the last few months. Uh, Bridget graciously allowed me to record the session, and I played Harry Stanton. So this is another chapter in Harry's story, along with uh, Keeper Dave, who played Tip Palmer, and Bridget, who played uh, Mike Shaw. Uh, So there's a a lot of Symphony-branded stuff on the beginning. Um, Please listen through, uh, check out what they're doing over there, and uh, thanks for checking it out.
1: everyone and welcome back to the symphony symphony entertainment gaming and arts is my gaming company that focuses on horror systems indie games organic content and player agency in an attempt to bring a symphonic approach to horror role-playing i am your host bridget jeffries but this afternoon i will not be serving as your keeper of arcane lore because we have the keeper doc bringing with them their electrum best-selling Miskatonic Repository scenario Swamp Song in just a moment but before we get into the game there are two quick announcements one Symphony Entertainment has a Patreon so if you like this content if you like what we do please consider backing us on Patreon. Uh, We'd really appreciate it. If it's in your heart and your budget, uh, help a sister out. It helps us make more content like this. We have free books. All of my backers received a free copy of Pirate Borg at one point. We have postcards. uh, We have voting privileges. Uh, We even have an opportunity for you to rewrite the content on the front end, and I'll introduce your story, your concept, your NPC um, during stream. So if you would like to back us, uh, you can join that at patreon.com forward slash symphony entertainment we are also hosting a giveaway tonight so keeper doc is giving away a free pdf copy of tonight's scenario swamp song are you you are doing it right yeah, yeah that's the thing oh, okay sure. we got oh i was like did i actually ask him before i wrote this copy it's me um, i said <laughs> i'd
2: give you a, a physical copy
1: oh well me wow I wish i would have remembered that this is got y'all just sent <laughs> off easy first. to forget
2: my generosity <laughs>
1: Oh, wow, you're coming out swinging already? Mm -hmm. This is going to be such a good game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Doc is giving out a free PDF and a physical copy of uh, Swamp Song. So to enter, you do have to be a follower of the channel. You're going to enter bang song. So exclamation point song, S-O-N-G, for a chance to enter. We will do the drawing at the end of the show. If you can't stay until the end of the show, Thank you for spending as much time with us as you did. I'll reach out to you in Twitch Messenger, Twitch Whispers, or whatever the hell the thing they're calling that, and then we can coordinate your physical address, your email address, and blah, blah, blah. Woo! So without further ado, let's talk about this cast. First and foremost, let us bring up Keeper Doc. Keeper Doc, please tell us, who you are, what you do, where people can find you, what you're working on, what you're not working on, and then tell us about this supplement, or not the supplement, this scenario that you have that blew through tears. You are already at Electrum, print on demand is on the way. So introducing your keeper, Keeper Doc.
2: Hi, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you, Bridget. Uh, Thanks (laughs) for my players. I'm super excited about this. Um, So I'm Keeper Doc. Uh, I'm also Dave, but. There's a lot of confusion about that. It turns out there there's a lot of confusion about the number of docs out there too. Uh, I might have to come up with a new uh, moniker, but um, I I do some writing in Call of Cthulhu. I've I've um, this is my first Miskatonic Repository scenario, Swamp Song. I also blog uh, at ProsperoPublishing.com, dot um, talking about Call of Cthulhu and specifically Masks of Nyarlathotep. It, I wrote this scenario as a potential interlude between the Peru and New York uh, chapters of Masks mm. of Nyarlathotep, but it works really well as a one-shot. I've run it at cons and had a lot of fun with it. I tested it as a one-shot as well. Um, it's a lot of fun. I think New Orleans is a great place to play. We've got it a, a Miskatonic repository bundle with a lot of New Orleans scenarios, the Bayou Bundle. And then I've, I've written some other stuff that's sitting somewhere in a locked vault. Um, oh! Yeah, Chaosium's got something that I wrote about 120,000 words with four scenarios um, in a very special city that I love uh, in the Midwest. Um, maybe we'll see that someday. And then now that I've I've gotten out there and done my Miskatonic repository first time, I've got three scenarios that I'd like to get published. Uh, and I'm doing the um, Cthulhu Masters scenario for Origins and Gen Con for Lurking Fears Ooh. in 2024. So I'll be writing that scenario as well. I think that's enough about me.
1: Oh, my God. But it's so good. And all of it drips. I'm just I'm overexcited <laughs> Chad is already making fun of me for being overexcited too. I hate you guys. Okay. Let's unveil the rest of this cast. Cap- cast members, tell us who you are, where people can find you, the things that you do, the things that you've done, the things that you're working on, starting with my husband, <laughs> one of many. <laughs> keeper Dave. <laughs> hey Bridget. Hi, hey, baby. John.
3: Hey, keeper doc. So excited to be here today. Thank you so much for having me on my very first streaming experience. This is it. Um I'm walking out on the ice. Here And couldn't be with a better group. Very, very glad to be here today. Yeah, my name is uh, Keeper Dave, uh, Dave Sokolowski. You may know me f- from such great podcasts as Miskatonic University Podcast, uh, where I am co-host with Bridget and Keeper Murph and have made a lot of friends in that community. Uh, met a lot of both, met both uh, Doc and John last year at Necronomicon. Uh, my first of that and that was amazing and i'm constantly thinking about how that how great that is uh i you may also know me from such self-help films no from (laughs) such call of cthulhu scenarios as sunspots uh which was a kickstarter of mine and he who laughs last which was a cthulhu dark scenario um coming up on 10 years nine years
0: wow
3: yeah um (laughs) i also wrote for them uh masks of you Companion and um Secrets of the Caribbean um sorry not Secrets of the Caribbean um the Caribbean book um Tales of the Caribbean from uh, Golden Goblin Press and uh, a uh written a bunch of uh different varying things but my 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 true love right now is Bridget I mean uh oh, University yes. podcast <laughs> um, and uh, so excited to be here! I have a handful of projects in the hopper, um, none of which are fully formed enough to talk about now. But maybe next time I'm on a stream, if it doesn't take uh, you know 51 years or whatever to uh, <laughs> to get here, um, I can have something else to talk about. But super glad to be here uh, today,
1: Dave. I just this is why there, we're here. There's
3: sunspots. Yeah, okay. I'm to, to
1: I try to show Blinding
2: sun. I know.
1: Damn, if I had thought about it, I would have brought mine up too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: um,
1: thank you again so much, uh, Keeper Dave, for being here. Uh, especially because, guys, uh, this is Dave's first time streaming, and he was invited about
3: 24 hours 30,
1: ago. 24 two hours ago. <laughs> it was a, it was a yeah. whole situation. Maybe 40. It, it it was it was less than two days. So thank you so much for making mm. the adjustment to be here. Oh, yeah. Um, the last time we Great had a situation table. like this, Bucho was like in bed uh and we pulled him off of a couch into the stream so thank you for Mm. you know know, coming on we really appreciate it and now now you're not (laughs) gonna get rid of me so (laughs) (laughs) baby i would never want to get rid of you i already told you i love you until you start doing accents and then we fight we'll we'll see (laughs) like married couples should and last but totally not least also totally first time to the stream john baby tell us who you are what you've done what you're working on what you plan on working on where people can find you
0: well after the previous introductions, I feel like I am indeed the weakest link. You're <laughs> I, not. I, I do not have the bona fides of the uh, of the uh, previous members here, uh, but I am the uh, host of the Legends of Tabletop podcast. I am the doer of all things over there. Uh, in the beginning, we did a lot of uh, interviews with a lot of people you would know, uh, Oscar what? Rios and... Bridget, and then a lot of other people. Um, mostly it's an actual play podcast. At this point, um, Oscar has run a couple of campaigns for us. Currently we have a Cthulhu Invictus. We have a Call of Cthulhu game that's a little bit more hit or miss. We have a lot of core material. Um, I have published four core, core Thulu, uh, adjacent to this uh, thing that we're doing today, and um, I'm working now on version three. It's going to be a full book, so it'll be four oh. uh, instead of for use with Core. It will be powered by Core. Um, so mm, that's in the works. Um, hopefully, at some point, I'll be streaming on Symphony. Uh, maybe running a Woo-hoo! game in the future. That's a uh, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of stress and, and pressure. So maybe in the future. But, this is
1: your warm up. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, amazing. You're talking about you don't have the bona fides, really? I don't have a whole book out, but whatever. As, let alone yeah. be on version three of a whole book. I also don't have my Weekly. own podcast, but whatever, whatever. I'm the weak, whatever.
3: Mabara <laughs> said hi for this table.
1: Right? Oh, the talent is amazing. Chat is already on fire. Content warnings have been discussed with the cast and crew. The X card is in play. Xs can be sent directly to doc via private message or seen visibly. There will be no judgment passed. There will be no questions asked. We will also be using the green, yellow, red traffic light method if needed. And without further ado, I'm going to get the hell out of the way and let Keeper Doc tell this story. Babe, the stage is yours.
2: Thank you. Well, you all are going to help me tell this story. I'm very excited about it. Super great group of people. Um, All right. So our scenario begins with a letter. Each of the players here will be receiving a letter in the mail in April. Will someone who received the letter be able to read it to us? I'm
3: glad to. April 4th, 1923. Dear friend, I am sending you this brief missive directly from my publisher's desk in New York. Just received the advanced copies of my latest book, and they are, if you'll excuse my hubris, quite spectacular. Many thanks for your insights and notes along the way. Please find a personal signed copy enclosed with this letter. Expect the harrowing tale to hit the market this summer, which brings me promptly to my next order of business. You must join me in New Orleans next month to attend an exclusive symposium entitled Death, Darkness, and Delights, Exploring Human Mortality. Trust, it shall be much, much less academic than it sounds. There will be artists, Ooh. writers, historians, and, rumor has it, dancers. The woman organizing, Miss Irina Martin, operates a fascinating occult bookstore in the French Quarter. The funding patron, a dear friend, runs the finest restaurant in the city. He's generously offered accommodations for all of us, and he is most excited to meet you. You cannot refuse. Just listen to me shock them for a half hour, then spend the rest of the weekend sampling the finest cuisine and local libations. I'll telegram the address once I receive your anticipated affirmative reply.
2: Yours truly, author. And in this case, the author is none other than Jackson Elias. So a month passes. A month passes and you arrange for travel and arrive in New Orleans late in the afternoon. You find yourself standing outside the entrance of a lavish two-story home on Esplanade. Uh, It's less than a mile northeast of the French Quarter and you're waiting for someone to answer the door. The three of you have never met before, but perhaps you could tell us a little bit about yourselves as you make introductions while you wait for the wrought iron gate to open and allow you entry into this beautiful home. Mike, would you like to go first?
1: Yeah, so I am going to be playing or I am playing one Mike Shaw. This is A chatty individual who welcomes you uh, both as soon as you approach, because he was probably there a little bit earlier than he should be. Uh, He looks to be maybe in his mid-30s with short, cropped brown hair, but he's already starting to get the gray that's coming in on, like, you know, the sides and the corners. Uh, He's a fairly good-looking man, but just looking over his physique, Mike is very strong, very well-cut, an exceptionally intense athletic build. And it's accented by the fact that he's missing uh, his index finger on his right hand. Uh, He has his sleeves uh, rolled up. Maybe he's flexing or maybe that's just what's most comfortable for him. But you can see scarring uh, going down a right arm. Um, You can see it looks like he has maybe some burns or maybe some really heavy, heavy abrasions going down his left. Uh, He has multiple scars uh, around his neck and his face um, that, kind of indicates that whatever he does for a living, one, he probably really enjoys it, and two, it comes with a certain degree of risk or danger. And the second he sees um, either of you approach, it's like, oh, hi, good afternoon. You got the letter as well? Is, is this not really exciting? The death, Darkness, and Delight? That's actually a really charming name. Hot. my name is Mike. Mike Shaw.
3: Yep. Go ahead, John.
1: Oh. I'm
3: muted. Jeez. <laughs>
1: Uh, hi, yeah,
0: it's uh, uh Harry Stanton. Uh, how's it going? And approaching you is a fairly tall man, uh, you know, relatively athletically built, um, but but utterly nondescript, just you know, short hmm. brown hair. He's wearing his fedora, um, you know, all done up. Suit is rumpled, and you know, he looks like he kind of just rolled out of bed. You know, he's <laughs> he's already smoking, um, uh, walks up, extends a hand you know goes into his pocket pulls out a business card He's yeah i uh, Harry Stanton, Harry Stanton Investigations um uh, nice to meet you yeah no um yeah I got this letter uh are are you familiar with uh
1: with Elias yeah 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 um we go back um we've done some work together things of that nature but no um and he's going to look at the card what what's on the card you said investigations of some sort uh,
0: Stanton investigations yeah I'm uh, I'm a private eye up in New York
1: well welcome down to the bayou looks like you made a long trip as well. I'm coming in from Texas. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. I've never been down here before. It's uh, it's nice. And it kind of looks around. It's nice.
3: <laughs> and with that, a, a taxi cab rolls up and um, the door opens and taking a long time emerges a man in a gray suit and he's, he's a little larger, a little rotund. He's got thick crop gray hair and, and takes his m- time to kind of get himself out and pay the taxi. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Closes the door and turns. Ah! Already folks waiting up here. Fantastic. Ah! He slowly ga- Gand is up to hold out his hand. Ha! Tip Palmer. Such a pleasure to meet you both. I assume you're here for uh, the symposium or author reading or something something like that?
1: Nice. Yes, that's exactly so.
3: Excellent. I, I, I can imagine that you are perhaps a little bit awed by my presence. Please, please do not. No need to. Uh, I will. I won't be providing autographs now. But in this case, um, it's it's good to meet you. And he extends his hand and kind of has a has a softer touch to his handshake. It's 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 not a strong. It's a it's a softer, more gentlemanly time from a a longer time ago when things were different
0: when mike My, shakes your oh go ahead sorry go ahead I was, uh, harry's eyes flick over to, to mike when he's like oh no I'm he's like okay whatever
1: <laughs> <laughs> Beat me to the same point. yeah he's gonna shake his hand he's gonna look over to uh to harry like do you know him should we know him this is yeah. awesome. oh, that's a pleasure shake, Tip.
3: <laughs> yeah it's a pleasure as well nice to meet you both nice to meet you both i i i presume we have not yet to see our friend mr elias I presume you are here as well to see him.
2: And at that yes. moment, the door opens. Oh. Perfect standing timing. in the entryway is a butler. He introduces himself Anton, at your service. I presume that you are the Count's guests, uh, friends of Mr. Elias. Please, please come in. And as you come in, you, you're standing on the sidewalk, gray. Thick rain clouds are gathering overhead and the wind is beginning to blow. You hear the shutters overhead slamming shut on the veranda and fat raindrops begin to fall from the sky as Anton gestures for you to enter uh, the Count's abode. Please, 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 please come in. Tip
3: tip moves forward through the crowd as if if the crowd, the people like, like, of course, you're standing back to let him go first. Oh, I thank you, thank you, thank you, sir. Uh, uh, you said your name was Anton. Anton. Oh, I have to say, and he's got a handkerchief. I have to say, uh, a mint julep right about these times would be do me great if you could find one of those for me. Thank you so much, my friends. I'm sure is the the thirsts are parched as well. <laughs>
2: Y- yes, uh, absolutely. We can we can uh, prepare you a drink immediately. Your friends, what would they like to have? Uh, please, please do come, S- sir. You're oh, mint juleps the for door. them
3: as well. Of course. Oh, oh, I mean, oh, it's really we're here. There's one drink.
2: Well, and and you you are aware that uh, Mr. Elias and and the Count had arranged for drinks at five thirty, right? And that that's in a half an hour. Is that okay? Uh, we you don't want to. I'm
3: sure you have some place for us to rest until that time. Oh,
2: well, well most certainly. We, we, I will give you a, a quick tour of the um, the ground floor, and then I will take you to your quarters on the second floor, if that is acceptable. And once you're up in your rooms, uh, we will have the juleps brought, and then 5.30, promptly, uh, according to Mr. Elias, he spoke with me yesterday about this, uh, we will t- meet in the parlor for absinthe. Mm. Mm. Oh,
0: I never tried that before.
2: Very well. Uh, that, it should be very exciting. Uh, I, we have all the accoutrement necessary. Um, please, please come in. And uh, he he was, gestures. Go ahead. I was Harry. just going
0: to say, Harry takes one one look up at the foreboding sky uh, before taking his hat off and, and, you know, coming through. Like, just like, mm, it doesn't, that doesn't seem good.
2: Uh, yeah. And, and you get as you as you take your hat off, you can feel raindrops hitting your head and they're they're quite heavy. You step into the hall and Anton, he, he's, he places a hand on each of your shoulders as you walk through the door. You can see it's a beautiful home. Paintings and sculptures adorn the entrance hall. There's an ascending staircase. You have, see fine rugs on polished wooden floors. Just looking around, everything is immaculately kept. There is wonderful smells wafting out of the back of the house. Um, And as you look towards the back of the house, beneath the staircase, each of you notices there's a a statue of a nymph carved out of marble. And then placed below it is a kneeling satyr, one of those hooved creatures. And it's positioned in a most mm, provocative way, directly in front of the nymph. It seems like it was done on purpose. Um, Anton begins to give you a tour of the house. He takes you through the parlor and indicates this is where you will be having drinks later. He leads you down a hallway and shows you a closed door. The, this is this is the the count's uh personal study. I would recommend uh, it, He he's not in there right now, but he 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 keeps this room private for himself. The rest of the house Hmm. is yours um, to enjoy, uh, but but please respect the count's privacy. Uh, And then he takes you down the hallway past the kitchen. Give me a listen, roll everybody.
1: Oh, first roll Roll of the game, guys.
0: That is a extreme success. Why yes, oh twelve
3: under sixty seven. Excellent.
0: I
1: failed.
3: A lot of people okay. have talked to me about my uh, capacity for listening in my days. And, and the, the reflection is that I am, in fact, a good listener, whatever that may mean.
2: <laughs> so, Mike, you're just taking in the tour, looking around. You're, you're focusing on what Anton is saying to you as he, he leads you down the hallways. But, uh, Tip, you, as you pass by the kitchen, you hear something. You, you overhear the cook Speaking with one of the the women helping out in the kitchen and and you hear a complaint grumbling, anton, I know he's been getting into the count's cognac again oh, and as they say this you you notice the tip you you picked up on the aroma immediately and you, you thought it was cognac you would
3: on on anton on anton's breath
2: yes, <laughs> and just on his person in general. Mm.
3: Well what what is what is not a beverage but to be drunk during the day if not at night as well but i understand that we there are professional boundaries hmm, i will i will put it in my very extensive interior mental notebook
2: and john you you catch this as well but you also hear a very faint jingling noise coming from anton's waist and you can see as you look down to where that jingle is coming from there are a number of keys hanging from a chain around his waist He continues on the tour and leads you upstairs up the grand staircase into the hallway and shows you the guest rooms. Well, to your left uh, at the top of the stairs, uh, this, this is going to be your, your friend Jackson's room. He's staying here. The door is closed. Uh, The remainder of the rooms down this hallway are yours. They're each the same, uh, but feel free to pick one of your choosing that you prefer. Uh, The, Count's quarters and the family's quarters are down this other hallway. And as he mentions that, you can hear the sound of jazz music spilling down from the family's quarters. It sounds like somebody is laughing and giggling down that hallway. Occasionally, you'll hear like a, a, a like something gets knocked over and then like a whoopee. And Anton, make sure that you all see your rooms. And, and he turns and looks at each of you. He's like, I will be back very promptly with those drinks. Is there anything else I can help you with?
1: Oh, Anton, just one quick inquiry. Um, What are we looking at for anticipated attendance for tonight's event?
2: Oh, it's just going to be the three of you and Jackson and the Count. Uh, They should be here shortly, uh, although I haven't seen them all day. Um, I've been instructed not to let the young lady join you all this evening.
3: Oh, but she seems to be having such a good time. I was just going to say... I wouldn't mind joining whatever pre-festivities is taken place.
2: Oh, well, y- you must know that Germain
3: and as quite- he as he talks uh, tip tip um, reaches out and takes his hand. Anton, Anton, it's all right. All right, it's all right. You do your job, I'll do mine. Okay,
2: and Anton he, Anton kind of squeezes back. He Oh, kind of like an understanding squeeze. He yes sir. Yeah, Yes, sir. Of course, of course. Um, I'll I'll be right back with those juleps. Uh, uh, please make yourself comfortable. And if I can do anything else, please let me know, and, and we'll be setting up for the, the, the beverages shortly.
1: Thank you, Anton.
0: Thank you. Well, do you guys have uh, any preference for rooms up here? I assume they're probably all similar, maybe.
1: Mike is immediately going to look at Tip, because he already knows some bullshit is coming. So he's just going to get <laughs> out of the way out of it and yeah. wait for it. <laughs> yeah.
3: Tip's looking down the hallway and trying to address... I, he'll probably pick the one Ah. I have to say that <clears throat> with my sciatica, I just want to make sure that I'm the closest to the the facilities here. And, and uh, yes, that one right there, there's the washing, the water closet. I'll I'll be taking this one just right across the hall. I appreciate you um, offering to someone of my stature the opportunity. And I, 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 I'm taking note of both of your attitudes. I think it's very helpful.
0: Yeah, of course. That, that's exactly what it is.
3: Oh, and he'll, 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 he'll <laughs> kind of waddle down um, to whatever uh, that bedroom is closest to the WC.
2: And you you open the door to your bedroom, and you can see it's nicely furnished. You've got a bed, a wardrobe, a desk. You can smell the sweet scent of magnolias in the air as you open the door. Uh, And and, and the water closet across the hall is to your satisfaction upon your inspection. Uh, As you're walking up and down the hallway, the door to Jackson's room does not open. Uh, you can continue to hear M- the meaning that it's do- that it's
3: locked, or we're just we're, we're there's no one in there. There's, there's no one
2: there's no in one there. No one, no one comes out as you're walking down the hallway. You can still hear the sounds of uh, excitement and and sort of self amusement going on down the the hallway for um, where you presumed Germaine's room is.
0: Okay. Mm. It's hard for me not to be working like all of the time. So he's just generally taking in the surroundings and, you know, just, you know, made a note that Anton had the the keys, which I guess, you know, isn't entirely unreasonable if he's the guy who's sort of running the house uh, for the count. Uh, But yeah, he's he's just sort of taking it all in.
1: Harry, do you have a preference on rooms? I can literally sleep on anything.
0: Yeah, no, no. Whichever one you want is fine by me. I'll take
1: the other one. Much obliged. And um, it's, it's not haphazard as much as he genuinely doesn't care. So whatever door he approaches first, that's the, he's not looking at rooms to compare them. Whatever door he hits first is going to be the door that he's going to claim.
2: Okay. Uh, you all settle in, get your your belongings um, placed on next to the bed and in the wardrobe. And, and Anton comes up. He's bearing a tray of three mint juleps. Your your beverages, sir?
3: Mm. Oh, thank you. Mr. Oh, thank Palmer. You. I, I presume I, I would not be so rambunctious as to, to presume the the when these mints were pulled, but um, any, Ah yes, just today. I Anton, I have to say I I much appreciate your your um, capacity for generosity in this situation. And he takes a drink.
2: Of course, and and you noticed that it took him a little bit longer than you would expect, and as you do that sniff of the mint mm. julep, you, you catch another whiff of cognac. Yeah. It's yeah. fresher.
3: Mm. Yeah, one for you, one for me. Uh, under, under his breath, <laughs> maybe maybe to uh,
2: maybe the Mike
3: and Harry, like, oh, one for you, one for me, I understand.
2: Uh, we we should be ready to partake in, in another 15 minutes or so. If you want to join me downstairs, um, still waiting for the count and... Uh, uh, mr elias to uh present themselves um hmm. you say you haven't seen them today n- no in fact um the count oftentimes will he will sleep at the restaurant um the restaurant particularly, okay yes yes yeah, yes, yes. He, he owns a restaurant down on bienville right off bourbon street finest restaurant in the city i mm-hmm. highly recommended. Mm. uh it is not to be missed <laughs> He sometimes sleeps in the restaurant after a long night. I know they were going out last night. I, hmm. I, I just assume that um, he maybe stayed over after checking on things. And your friend Jackson, I don't know, but the um, the staff mentioned that his bed was unmade this morning.
3: Hmm. Tip, Tip walks right over to Jackson's door and, Mr. Lass, your friends are here. Are you
2: available by, all, by any chance? You knock on the door and there's no answer. I check the doorknob. It's unlocked. I poke my head in you look in the room and you can see that it's essentially looks undisturbed there's Mm. a there's a bag lying unpacked uh, on the suitcase stand and the bed is perfectly made there's a Mm. wilting carnation that rests on a pillow near the baroque headboard Mm. there's a piece of paper that's lying on the desk next to the second story window that's the only thing that stands out to you in this room Well,
3: it looks like he was here, at least his bag's here. And you say he arrived yesterday?
2: Yes, yes. He he and the Count um, met up. They said that they were going to be going out for an evening of entertainment. And uh, he would be, he would, I expected him back last night, but he would certainly made certain that we would be present and ready for receiving you at 530 uh, with the absinthe ritual. Hmm.
3: Uh, well, yeah. it is not yet 5.30, and um, I do not mean to predispose anyone's motivation, so he may very well show up. Uh, and with that, he tip-wanders out into the room um, to look at the window. Look out the window.
2: Okay. Anton, if if I may beg your pardon, I, I need to depart um, to finish setting up downstairs. Is, is that acceptable? Uh, is there anything I can do for you before I leave? No, no, you're good. Um, Go ahead. Do what you got to do. Jermaine, Jermaine, you said, is the Count's daughter? That is correct. Miss Jermaine is the is the count's daughter, a boisterous young lady. Hmm. Just my kind.
1: <clears throat> oh God! <laughs>
2: <laughs> so uh, Anton takes his leave again, and uh, you're standing by the window, and you can see that there's this piece of paper. It it's laid out on the the table. There's an envelope next to it, and, and uh, you can now uh, look at handout number two.
1: All right, going up now. Hmm. Well, I presume that this
3: is either where they were last night or they're going tonight. It does not have a date. Tonight, tomorrow night is the symposium, if I'm correct.
2: You are correct.
3: very oh, strange.
2: Uh, you're, I presume you all are sort of gathered around this piece of paper near the window.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And, and Anton like kind of pokes his head back in and, and he's like, oh, oh, forgot to mention, uh, I'll ring the bell. Uh, oh. it, uh, it, well, when we're ready, when we're ready for drinks. I'm sorry, it slipped my mind.
0: No, no, that's okay. Um, the uh, he holds up the piece of paper. He says, um, "This, this uh, extravaganza was this uh, was this where they went last night."
2: Well, I, I believe so. Miss Germaine was quite put out about it. She really wanted to go. The count forbade her from attending. In fact, I think he wasn't really inclined to go. He just didn't want his daughter to attend. Said something about scandalous nature of the performance or something like that. But she was she was quite angry.
3: And hmm. this, has he seen the uh, the fountain in the foyer?
2: Well, uh, I cannot comment on the count's decorating taste. He he has a very uh, fine eye.
3: Hmm. But he's behind closed doors, nonetheless. <coughs>
1: oh. Mike is going to excuse himself <laughs> from that conversation, <laughs> <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> he's just going to kind of like ease right around in his own discomfort
2: from that one. And he he pops back out, and you he he you can hear him going back down the stairs.
3: Well. Um, Tip, Tip uh, leaves the, um, the letter and, and kind of heads into the hallway, and then turns around as if to address his constituency. Is anybody else there? Because he's, that's he's, he, he will he'll talk if nobody's there. He'll still talk <laughs> if nobody's there.
0: Yeah, if if, if Mike left, uh, I would still be in the room with you. So, um, you know, and
1: Mike's just in the hallway. No, no I just I, I'll,
3: I'll move out into the. Tip moves out into the hallway and turns around to address both of you. I, I have to say, um, I'm. I'm I'm working hard not to take it personally that Mr. Elias is, is not here. But then again, something may be wrong. I uh, I wonder what the two of you are thinking about this situation.
1: Well, I think Jackson is being Jackson. This isn't totally uncommon for him to get distracted with new, shiny, exciting things. I'm sure he'll be here at 530. And if not, we at least have the last known place that he visited.
0: Well, if he went out with the count yesterday, they're, uh, you know probably out on a town maybe they drank a little bit too much. I'm sure it'll be here at 5:30. No reason to think that anything is wrong.
3: Well, yeah, but 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 I'm here. Well, no no matter. Um I am going to go I'm going to go uh have a chat with uh m- meet this uh Ms. Germain. Would would, would either or both of you uh, care to join me? I was just going to go knock on the door and introduce myself. Perhaps you'd have some insights into uh, uh what was it this uh jazz operetta that uh she was so forlorn to miss
1: mike looks agreeable to that idea he's like yeah yeah
3: harry shrugs she seems to be having a good time nonetheless i you know we have a few she, minutes yeah that's all i just wanted to say hi and with that he totters down the hallway
0: or would you rather me uh head downstairs and uh keep anton busy <laughs>
3: you you of course may may do do whatever you wish um do you think there's some sort of risk with Mr. Anton?
0: I well, he pretty insistent not to uh, bother the family, and uh, the Count doesn't want uh, her out and about, it seems like. So, um, maybe it'd be best to uh, not have you Anton have, find you down there, you know what I mean?
3: You have the kind of mind of the person that I like to have around me, sir. So I have to say, I have to say, I like the way you think. You see the bigger picture... Hmm. Um yeah I think that that's keeping uh, Mr Mr Anton distracted while we th- ourselves um disturb the family I I think that that's uh, a it's a fine idea
1: All Mr. Right, Sean
3: be- do you want to uh, join me
1: I appreciate the invite yes I will See there's so the stairs. two
2: the two of you go down the hallway and uh, as you get further down the hallway you can see that there's a closed door at the end of the hall it looks clearly it's the master or the the, the count's quarters. And then you see that the door is slightly ajar where all the music is spilling out of. And you can hear, it sounds like somebody is dancing in there. Uh, and you, as you open the door, you see a young lady and she's holding a dress out in front of her with one hand. And she's got a, what looks like a champagne flute in the other hand. And she turns around and sees you both and kind of jumps back. She's like, Oh man. And and what is your what is your appearance score, Mike?
1: Uh, Mike is sitting at a 65.
2: Okay. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, Good. Yes. And, and a slightly handsome fellow. Please come in. Mm. She, she, yeah. looks, she looks eager to see Mike, uh, a little bit startled by you. Uh, she has a glass of, of champagne in her hand, and uh, she gestures to a tray on which there is champagne and glasses. Uh, the room is a mess. You can see oh. it. it there's like a record playing, and she's just got clothes scattered out everywhere, and and bottles and glasses. Um,
1: I just want to clarify, Keeper. This is let's, let's look at her private chambers, right? This is a bedroom. This
2: this is her bedroom. Yes.
1: So the second she does the swoony eyes, and the old please come in, he is immediately going to put a hand out between him and the doorframe that is going to lock Tip from breaching that doorframe. <laughs> And he is gonna leave. It looks casual. It looks like he's just leaning up against the door. And he's like, "Uh, you must be Mister Maine. Do you have a few moments to speak with us? We just had a couple of questions. We wanted well, to introduce yeah, ourselves." Please.
2: Oh, do come in. Come in. It's so nice to meet Daddy's guests. Uh, uh, you look. You look like you're with a very important older person here. And you, what's your name?
1: Hand is still <laughs> on the door. He is not <laughs> letting Tip get past him. He's like, um.
2: Tip's not. It's
3: you. Actually, at least Mike, uh you, you can tell that Tip isn't exactly sure what's happening. But <laughs> he, now he recognizes, ah, she, this this young woman is is not. It would make sense that she would not be up to date on the current political situation and be informed. Her father has kept her uh, clearly. Um, uh, separated from you know the halls of power and where things happen, so it, it's it's fine, it's fine. She doesn't quite know uh, who I uh, m- m- miss. My my name is uh, Tip Palmer. Um, you may you may know me um, from the the halls of the state um, if you've ever had a chance to visit or have a chance to visit. Up um, you come you come by, and we'd be glad to give you a tour of uh, the state capital,
2: uh, Baton Rouge. Uh, are we? Oh. No, are we. <laughs> <laughs> so you're one of you're one of Daddy's older friends. Uh,
3: I I will admit to being both one of your Daddy's friends and a little bit older. And he kind of like looks between Mike and and the girl. Um,
1: speaking of your father, he is going to attempt to correct the Daddy language out of this conversation. I'm surprised Chat isn't losing their minds with the Daddy <laughs> yet. <laughs> uh, speaking of your father, uh, have you seen or heard from him today? Daddy? Here we Your go. <laughs>
2: yes. Daddy? No, Daddy, I The count. He, uh, Daddy was working at the restaurant, I assume. He He and Dad, he, Daddy and Jackson went to that performance last night by that Tristan Torn, so mm. handsome. Mm. Such a handsome artist. I really wanted to see it and Daddy wouldn't let me go. He said it was for him and Mr. Jackson and I was not allowed to go and he made me stay home. So, he's just been a real pest lately. Mm. Your father? Yes. Mm
3: -hmm. Understood.
1: And Um, and just to clarify, you haven't seen him or heard from him today.
2: Well, I don't see Daddy a lot of the times. He's very busy. uh, And I personally wasn't looking to talk to Daddy today because he made me mad. Hmm. Uh, meanwhile, John, I'm sorry, Harry, no, no, go you go you go downstairs and you you're walking into the parlor and you can see that Anton's got his back to you. He's setting up an absinthe fountain. He's got the bottle already open. And as you walk in the room, you see that he's holding a glass in his hand and you, you can tell very clearly that he's taking a sip out of it. And he, he senses your presence and just kind of like oh, and like turns around and the glass and the absinthe goes up in the air. And he's like, oh, just just making sure that the bottle was still good.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. I, yeah, I didn't mean to startle you or nothing. Um, yeah, they were going to come down in a minute. I you know, figured I'd come and uh, check out the spread.
2: Yes, this is this bottle. The reason why I was checking is this is this is a this was uh, obtained by the count from auction. It's a bottle that was uh, previously owned by uh, Mr. Toulouse-Lautrec, the painter, I'm sure you know, Uh, was a real fan of absinthe. And and the count has been saving this for a special occasion. We wanted to to make sure that it was it was the finest quality uh, to present to your friends. Uh, But please, please do sit down. Uh, I I apologize uh, uh, for my uh, response your presence
0: oh uh, nah, you. no 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 worries no worries he uh he saunters over he lights a cigarette um you know picks up the glasses he's kind of like th- i'm assuming he's sort of like thrown it in my direction uh, yeah
2: he, and he's, he starts wiping up the mess that he's made here um and and we'll cut back to uh tip and mike and jermaine's like well, aren't you guys supposed to be having drinks right now
3: Oh yeah, we we just we just heard the sound of enlightenment and amusement, and um, wanted to stop by and, and introduce ourselves.
2: Well, I, I, I thank you. I would be happy to join you for drinks. Oh, I, I don't think
3: that that would be appropriate under the circumstances. But um, I, I do have one more question for you, and it's a very serious question, and I I'm I'm pretty sure you're the only one around here who is, hmm, how do you say? Um, educated enough to 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 know this, um, I know that you have indicated Mr. Torn's um, attractiveness, but can you tell me about this jazz operetta? Can you tell me what do you know of it?
2: Well, it was, it was, this. The event was supposed to be very exclusive. This is what I understand. Mr. Torn is a he's a performance artist, a provocateur. Hmm. Uh, he originally. I believe it was Berlin where he made his debut, Uh, but they invited him here after his recent uh, string of performances in Mexico city. He was doing some research into the, uh, some local um, scandal and was going to put on a jazz performance, very immersive, a lot of um, audience engagement. I I just wanted to be present and and just perhaps uh, be able to touch him. Mm -hmm. He's,
3: So, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Do you you happen to know where, where in fact, this um, performance took place?
2: Oh, no, no. It was was, was very exclusive. There were only a handful of invitations given out to a very select crowd. And my understanding is that they were going to meet beforehand somewhere. Daddy wouldn't tell me where because he knew I was going to show up. And of course, he wouldn't tell me where it was going to be. So I don't I can't tell you, I'm afraid. But I bet it was really fun.
3: I bet. I bet I'm sure that you uh, that they missed your participation one might say that I and myself am a per- performance artist as well so I understand the need for the exclusivity thank you for your time
2: my pleasure Mr. Shaw what are you doing later this evening
3: and with that tip turns on his he's, they're not paying attention to him so he's done
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're not giving me attention so you're not worth my time <laughs> uh, he's going to release his hand from the door Uh, and he is going to smile very politely at this young lady. He's going to ignore that question, push forward, and uh, ask, um, I know you don't know the location of this event, but do you know anyone else who may have received an invitation?
2: Well, I know that lady that Daddy was fighting with, the one that's organizing this whole thing, Miss Martin, I know that she was invited. She, she was, I know she was seeing Torn. I know that they had a little thing, but I'm pretty Mm. sure they broke up.
1: And you said Miss Martin, who's organizing this
2: little get together. The, the symposium, yes, yes. She's she owns a book bookshop down on Bourbon Street. I, I'm pretty sure she was invited as well.
1: Jermaine, you have been so helpful. Thank you so much for your time and thank you for the uh, thank you for the audience. And as quickly as he can, he's gonna shut that damn door.
2: <laughs> and and as you as you close the door in her face, she's like, you're gonna be here all weekend, right? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm sure Symphony fans are super disappointed that I'm not playing a thirsty character this time Sorry guys <laughs> We're gonna shut that door and try to go Find uh, Harry
2: yep, And you all make your way downstairs And you see Harry's just Relaxing with a cigarette As uh, Anton is Laying out the absinthe Ritual for you it's like, um, Please please join us It appears that the Count and your friends Still have yet to arrive would you like To proceed or should we delay
0: I uh, pull out my pocket watch and check the time. See, you know, is it is it just five thirty right now?
2: It's actually a little bit after five because he was waiting for those two for, to come down from upstairs, and uh, it appears it's about five minutes after five thirty now.
3: Right on time.
0: Is uh, does the cat usually come late to his own
2: uh, his own events? The count. He sticks to his own schedule. Uh, I, I, I cannot question his activities. Sometimes he's late. Sometimes he's early. But it's always right on time.
3: I catch your mind. Uh, it's one of the things I appreciate about him.
2: Uh, but I do know that your, your friend, Mr. Elias, he, he was quite interested in being punctual for this event. He was quite clear about 530. His words, on the nose.
3: Hmm. Well, we should hang out at least a little while. I, I'm I, I want to want to fo- follow uh, Harry's tone to say that yeah, things just sometimes get delayed. I don't. I wouldn't mind having a drink now.
2: Well, I would be happy to uh, prepare you a glass of absinthe if you like. Absolutely. Are you familiar with absinthe? May I tell you a little bit about it, Please Mike do. loves education.
1: He's like leaning in on this
2: one. And, and he he does this as he's preparing. He's got the the fountain filled with ice water, and on it are are more like nymphs and fae creatures uh, sculpted in silver. Many of them are in scandalous poses, not unlike the one that you saw in the hallway. And he begins pouring the ice water over a glass of absinthe. And sitting atop the glass is a spoon with perforations and a single. Sugar cube. And as he does this, he's explaining what he's doing. And he tells you, and as you see, as you as you add the the ice water with the sugar, it changes colors. And you can see it goes from being a perfect green, like an emerald green, to this opalescent hue. And it's it's beautiful. And he he points this out to you and he's like and hands each of you a glass. He's like, please enjoy. This is very fine. This is from the Count's private reserve. Um hmm. Actually, do you mind if I have a glass myself? (laughs) I don't. I mean, I would in case they don't show up, we will have we'll have leftover. I mean, obviously, you can have as many glasses as you like. um, But
0: it's not for us to say what you do on your own time. Go ahead.
3: I want to I want to do a little bit of a read um, Mm -hmm. on Anton here. Um, Is this. (laughs) Is this how he always is, or is this a case of a uh, cataway mouse play sort of, sort of thing? And yeah,
2: give we, me a psychology roll.
1: Oh, here we go. I, I thought about thinking about it,
3: but I thought better. <laughs> you
2: don't want to push I that? Was, I,
3: I looked at him, and I was like, and then, you know, uh, uh, Harry, you said that, and I was like, you, you do you, in a, in a very anachronistic sort of way. I say, so you, you take care of your own devices the way you need to take care of them. <laughs>
2: and and, and anton is just sort of nodding as you say this as he's pouring himself a glass of absinthe he he, he kind of he stands he, he doesn't have the audacity to sit but he stands uh, as you all drink your absinthe time passes and uh you each finish your glass i don't know how eager you are each to drink it it's it has a a strong uh licorice flavor and scent to it um if you like it, he's willing to offer you a second glass.
3: Oh! I, I have to say, this early in the uh, this early in the day perhaps is not the right time for a second glass, but I, I'm nursing mine over here as we await. But um, now it seems like some time has passed. Um, Mr. Shaw, Mr. Stanton, um, I have questions about this symposium that I was hoping that uh, the Count and, and Mr. Lass would answer, but um, I feel like I'm waiting for... Um, answers uh, answers to questions I am not quite sure they what they are
0: well it seems uh it seems kind of odd that they'd invite us all the way down here and then uh, you know not show up
3: that's a uh, mm.
1: little strange
3: In- indeed exactly exactly what I was thinking mr. Shaw what is your take of the situation
1: I try not to jump to conclusions but I have to admit to feeling a certain degree of concern at this point Jackson is prone to distractions but he tries to be prompt and he would never be disrespectful to his friends if he's not here i'm starting to harbor concerns that there may be a reason why
0: uh anton did um did jackson seem like he was maybe out of sorts when he was here did you talk to him at all before uh before
2: yesterday seemed perfectly fine to me yeah uh, he received his invitation and uh i, I didn't i didn't look at it, but he and Count discussed it and I think they were going to return today to meet with you and uh, look at a book, perhaps. I, I don't really know the details. Um, but no, he, he didn't didn't seem abnormal. He, he was very businesslike. Very serious man.
3: Do you know where he was going to go uh, look at this book?
2: Oh, the book is in the Count's um, study.
1: Oh, it's here. Uh, that's the room you told us not to enter, correct?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, that, mm, mm, yes. Mm, yes.
0: He had a regular success on a psychology to see if he's telling the
2: truth. Oh, he, he is telling the truth. Okay, and what you gather is Anton is a little drunk. He's a little bit loose. Mm-hmm. Um, and and everyone he's in his is. <laughs> he's definitely definitely taking some liberties, um, but he's not lying to you.
3: Okay, I offer him another glass. You know, it seems to you. When, when was the last time you had some of this absence? Uh, I perhaps you need to uh, take advantage of the situation.
2: You are uh, an esteemed guest of the Count. I, I I think it would be wrong of me to refuse. Exactly.
3: You understand how these rules situations are run.
2: Yes. And, and he, he, he pours himself another glass. He doesn't bother with the, the sugar and the ice water. He just goes <laughs> oh, straight just out of the bottle. He's yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm living.
1: I'm living. Uh, Anton, is Miss Martin um supposed to be in attendance tonight?
2: Oh, no, no, no. no. She, she was just uh, the
1: organizer, not actually an attendee.
2: No, she and the Count have had a bit of a um, hmm, uh, kerfuffle.
1: I love that word, by the way. Uh,
2: yes. Okay. Uh, I think that was some of the controversy perhaps around the book. Uh, the Count had come home and had made some sharp remarks about her. Pressing woman. Uh, they were going to be try to be as professional about organizing this event as possible, but... Um, Yes. There was a bit of a falling out.
1: That's unfortunate. Anton, I'm going to ask you something that is potentially going to make you uncomfortable, but I need you to know that it's coming from a place of sincerity and concern. We really need to get into that office.
2: He, he pours himself another drink as you're, you're telling him that he's going to have to answer an uncomfortable question. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, why? I would be in a great deal of trouble if I let you into the counts. Uh, private
3: oh, well we're not asking you to allow us into there
1: we're just asking that you don't impede us and again this is coming from a place of concern you can sit right here with that bottle
2: oh well <clears throat> um i can sit here with this bottle
1: you can uh, this harry? Is
2: Very
1: fine. <laughs> <absent>. <laughs> as he stands he's like harry <laughs> if you'll please join me over to the left yeah of course of course
2: Anton's going to make a constitution check to see how he's faring against the absinthe. This is very strong absinthe, and he's he fails. Uh, the, for he, him. he starts talking to you about the the amazing, beautiful fairies that are on the absinthe fountain, and, and he's asking you if, if you think... Uh, are they You see them moving? They're flitting about the room. It's incredible. Did, are
3: you seeing this? The tip? Tip engages and, and pours himself another drink and, and just kind of like gives a side gesture to, uh, to Mike and Harry and, like, oh, yes, th- these flowers are just incredible beyond. I, I, it's one of my favorite parts of New Orleans. Um, and he kind of, you know, gestures. And he also kind of gives a side eye to the keys that are dangling off of um, his, his thing, his, his pants,
1: belts, whatever.
0: I will try um, to swipe said keys. Here we go. <laughs> That's the shit I'm talking about, John.
1: Go get him, baby. All right. Is it going to be Can this? I use my fast yep.
3: talk to distract him completely? Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Give me a fast talk roll. And w- if you succeed, then uh, Harry's going to get a bonus die. There. This. Now we're talking. Jeez, like, we're working at the team. team us. Team, team
1: us. Yes. Ooh, all
2: right. I got a regular success. Nice. All right. Bonus die for Harry.
0: All right. Here we go. Let's well, I, see. That is going to be a forty-seven under fifty-seven for stealth.
2: So, Anton, he's like you. 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 You're engaging him in conversation, and he starts kind of. You're sitting on the, a, a long sofa, and he starts leaning towards mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And, and as he does so, his his jacket slides up, exposing the keys quite nicely. And he's like, he's almost laid out mm-hmm. on the sofa, <laughs> like. Talking to you, and like pointing at some point, at I'm, I point at the fountain. flower
3: that's like at the at the other side of him. I'm saying, Can you when you touch that flower, does it does is that that is that the whole flower? And he's like, Yeah, that's it. And he kind of <laughs> leaves he's his like way reaching out, 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 and you just like, over right you and to just, touch it.
1: Yeah, yep, just kind of uh,
2: in. Yep, and the keys just slide off like he's right off the belt.
1: Way to go, team. That was hot. <laughs> And then I, I step away. I'll keep Anton
3: and, occupied. Yeah.
1: I'm good talking about Mike. nothing. Uh, Mike meets your gaze. He almost gives you like a, a, a head drop in deference, and he is heading off to that office. Okay.
0: I, I take a little bit longer, just like a sort of a slow stroll, like I'll walk over, kind of put my glass down, maybe light another cigarette, and then, you know, kind of wander.
2: Yeah, and you, you meet Mike at the door, and uh, you take... Take a couple tries to find exactly the right key, because there are several keys on this chain, uh, this ring here, and, and you open the door. It's it's a, it's a really nice heavy wood door, and it opens into a windowless room. It's very spartanly furnished, but everything is exquisite taste. Um, There's there a collection of French artworks, paintings on the wall. There's a wide mahogany table that's littered with some drawings and sketches, and then in the in the, the, the corner of the room, there's a large glass bookcase. Hmm. Glass-enclosed bookshelf.
0: All right. Um, I guess first things first, uh, kind of wander over to the desk, see if the book is on the desk. If they were going to come back and get it, I assume maybe it's already pulled. Uh, see if there's any note as to, you know, what they may have been doing last night other than, you know, potentially this um, event that they went to.
2: Right, you do find a copy of the invitation out on the desk. In addition, you you see you, what you recognize is what look like architectural sketches and blueprints. It's looks like for a nightclub, and then for you can see that the Count's Restaurant is on there, and then hmm. there's a there's another restaurant that's labeled. Um, it's got a it the, the title for that is uh, Absinthe House Speakeasy, and then you can see that each of these structures is connected. On these drawings by passages that look to be um, kind of dashed lines. It looks like they're leading from each building, not on the street, but around or underneath the street. Oh, wow. As you're moving these drawings around just to get a look, uh, give me a sanity check. (gasps) Uh
1: -oh. (laughs) Oh, first hand check of the game. Here we go. That was abrupt, too.
0: Ooh, <laughs> twenty-eight under sixty.
2: Okay, so you you move one of the technical drawings out of the way, and you find that there's a, a really like rough sketch of something reaching out of the darkness in what looks like a tunnel. And Harry, you I mean, this is just you, you can't really make out what it is. It it just looks kind of like like a like a, a a decent drawing, but it doesn't really. Excite you in any way, and you kind of just push it to the side. But the the figure that's depicted here, it looks like it has relatively long limbs, and it looks like the the, the passage that it's in is underwater, or like partially underwater.
0: So I think he holds it up for Mike, and he says, uh, <laughs> "Maybe this is a uh, part of the part of the uh, thing that's going on tomorrow."
1: Really, Mike? John? You're just gonna hold up the yeah. sandwich for me too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Mike, take a look. This, this, is weird. this
0: shouldn't be here.
1: <laughs> what so is this Mike was about? looking at the glass bookshelf, and he's like, "Huh?" And he turns around and face plants right into that bullshit that John just teed up for him.
2: <laughs> yep, give me a sanity check.
1: I'm um, I'm on my way, babe.
2: <laughs>
1: oh shit! I wrote an eighty-five. I don't even need to look at my power. I already know that's a fail.
2: It yep. is. That'll be D three sanity as you you look at this oh, thing shit. and and it, it it brings you back to the tunnels beneath South America. As you see this this long limbed shadowy figure with claws reaching out from the darkness, just reminds you of terrible places that you've been before, and then it's it's upsetting. Um, but you're looking at the you and, and you quickly look back to the bookshelves.
1: <laughs> like uh, he's gonna nope. He lost a max on that one, by the way. I wrote a fucking six. So yeah, with three points alive, I think he's going to like just go very cold and very go very dark for a moment. Uh, There's obviously some type of recognition there, like he either recognizes that creature or that location or it reminds him of something on like a really visceral level. That's very upsetting. You can see his pupils dilate. You can see he gets very cold. He gets very calm. And then he just immediately turns around without saying anything. He's going to go back to that glass bookshelf without saying a word about it.
0: Hey, hey, you okay? It's just uh, it's one of those spooky drawings for this thing. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and his shoulders and his back is to <laughs> is to hair, and he just doesn't say a word. He just and that's very not Mike. Mike has been very chipper, upbeat, accommodating. He's just gonna start scrolling through this bookcase. He'll open him up if he can and start looking around.
2: Yeah, the the glass bookshelves open up, and you can see inside. It It, it looks like a number of like anatomy textbooks. Um, some of them are cooking textbooks, but a lot of like medical texts, which is a little odd. Uh, the count owns a restaurant. Um and you notice the oldest one and largest one on the shelf is one entitled uh, something in French. It looks like it says Anatomy Impere, l'anatomie Impere. Is is what it reads in French. Um but does Mike know French?
1: He doesn't, but he's definitely going to finally speak after he settles down. Harry, do you speak French by any chance?
0: Uh, yeah, no, I don't uh, don't speak any other languages.
1: It's interesting. Looking at the bookshelf here, um, so to the left, these are all anatomy books, from mm-hmm. what I can tell. Um, the books here in the center are, are cooking books, which makes sense. He owns a restaurant, uh, but then the books here and then, shit, doc. What was it? It was anatomy. Whatever it is, had me immediately thinking fucking cannibalism. It was anatomy, <laughs>
2: cooking, and what? Uh, yep, anatomy and cooking and med and and, and uh, medical. Text. And
1: then medical, he said. And then and then all of these almost look like. Medical journals or medical books. It's just an, it's an interesting combination of literature. Yeah, that, um, that's a
0: weird juxtaposition to have all those books together, huh?
1: And, and and Shaw has traveled the world. Cannibalism will not be the first time the, encountering cannibalism will not be his first time in this moment. But he is not going to connect that that's actually happening right now. We're just going to leave that alone. <laughs> um, I wonder if. Tip speaks. Do you know who he is by any chance <laughs> or what the hell he does or what makes him so pretentious? Do you know who that, Do you know who he is? I,
0: I, I don't. He's a pompous ass. I know that.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. He's insufferable. <laughs> I just don't know who he is. And I don't have the I don't have the bandwidth to ask him. OK. um, I'm going to open that book and just do a quick flip through the, the French okay. one.
2: OK, so you open this book and just random page
1: yeah i'm good with a random page a nice flip through and then of course you always want to do the front and back covers
2: yep so you you open it up and like kind of do a quick flip through it looks like there's a lot of writing at the beginning and then as you get to the center there or, or more towards the middle of the book there are illustrations in this
1: book. Uh-oh. oh oh, god is. <laughs> i'm looking over there your
2: shoulder. let
1: you not a- read from the book
2: these illustrations depict things that you've never they you've been around the world you've seen all sorts of things these don't rem- resemble anything that you've ever seen on earth it's something terrible all of them uh one actually in fact resembles the thing that was reaching out of the darkness on the sketch it's this oh, long limbed creature but it's been eviscerated and it's opened up and it's it whatever are they organs? You can't really tell. Nothing looks like normal human anatomy. You turn the page, there's a large bat winged thing that's been opened up and its head has been removed. And they're just, these are all just sketches, but they're very lifelike renderings, so much so that you're just absolutely floored um, by how strange and horrible all these things are looking at this you're gonna each lose 1d8 sanity oh shit
1: <laughs> whoa wait wait a, mi- nice. <laughs> a minute now we're talking
3: all right here folks wow. we are one hour in and Two. we are playing call of cthulhu
1: we are playing call call of cthulhu is playing us at this right?
3: point. <laughs> this isn't your game this is doc's
1: game holy shit that looks like that thing on the in the paper shaw doesn't do? comment because shaw lost a full eight on that oh. one. let's go, go baby oh. let's rock <laughs> Not only right. is that a potential bout, I am for sure past my 20%.
3: I gotta say, things down downstairs, we're just having drinks and having a nice <laughs> conversation. I don't know what you're getting all excited about up there. There's so much noise up there. I wonder what's happening. There's a lot of wow. shouting and screaming.
1: Oh.
2: Alright, talk to me, Doc. Alright, how, how is that check for the the bout of madness? Temporous.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was so stunned I lost it. A 94. Look at the guy we serve. Okay, he held that int check.
2: All right. How does that how does this look for you? I mean, you're so you you pass the threshold for indefinite insanity. Yes.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah.
2: Okay. well, I'll give you a moment to think about what that looks like for Mike.
1: And then Um, I ask you a question just out of curiosity, if you're giving me. Can I hype up the about of madness? Miskatonic repository playing cards and actually pull something from this?
2: Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely.
1: Amazing. I'll be back when you're back ready for me.
2: Okay, Harry, what happens to you?
0: Uh, I got, uh, I only lost two.
2: Okay, good. So So
1: he's,
0: he's surprised. He recognizes that thing and like, oh, what are these other weird things? Like, this is not, this is not good.
2: Good. So you kind of, and you were coming up over the shoulder. She had already flipped through, or Mike had already flipped through a decent amount by the time you got there. Perhaps it was something that Mike did or said that drew you over and you caught a glimpse before the book slammed shut, perhaps. Yeah.
1: From the Miskatonic repository, Bouts of Madness deck, he pulled Hightail it. Run for your life. For 1d10 rounds, the investigator flees the scene in an attempt to move as far away from the trigger for the Bout of Madness as possible. So with an 8 loss, but the um, uh, failed intelligence check, Doc, feel free if you don't like my interpretation. But for him, that hand, that hyperextended, shattery, eviscerated hand feels like it's reaching off of the page to him. It's immediately transporting him back to those tunnels that he was in in South America, and he's going he's gonna to bolt. I think tears are going to start running down his face involuntarily, and he's going to bolt. He's going to move past uh, Harry. He's going to bolt to the door, and he is heading directly back to Tip and Anton okay. for one round.
2: Okay, so <laughs> that that's long enough to get you out the door, drop the book, past Harry, down the hall.
3: Ah, oh, Mr. Shaw, we were just about to pour a new round of drinks. Kid, okay, oh my gosh, sir, are you doing okay? <laughs> and he's here, gonna read the bottle. Before, before, no, no, yes, 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 take the whole bottle. What what if what um, Anton wants you why, oh, looks like Anton's falling asleep. Good enough.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's actually his head is on your lap. <laughs>
3: <laughs> kind of moves him aside, puts his jacket up. Um Mr. Shah, Mr. Shah, no, no, have a seat, have a seat, have a seat. Um, mm-hmm. Not just not just that, here, have a glass of water, there's there's still some ass left over here. <laughs> are you
1: okay? There's something in the books. Oh, I don't know what he book? was into, but there's something in the... Ah. There are tunnels, and there's something... You should go talk to Harry. Well, I'm going to calm down. I'll okay. sit with Anton, and you right. should go speak with Harry.
3: All right, um, yes, yes, you take care of yourself, I'll... I'll go me mis- go have a conversation with Mr. Stanton. Um you take a deep breath. I'll be right back.
1: He's gonna Hurt. slide into the position where Anton's head is now on his lap. Because <laughs> yeah,
3: he- I just <laughs> <come right laughs> lift lift Anton up and I get out and you And I'll slide right in here.
1: like we're switching out like parents with a sleeping kid.
2: <laughs> right. And <laughs> right, Harry, what do you how do you respond to uh Mike just bolting out of the room?
1: I,
0: I think he's shocked. I don't think he says anything right away, like you know. Mike kind of, like, stiffens up, you know, the book slams to the floor, and he just runs. He's like, what the... And he he bends down. He doesn't open the book back up, because that's a really weird reaction. So, like, I caught a, a, you know, a glimpse of some of the stuff that was in there. I think he puts it on the edge of the table, on the edge of the desk. And then we'll we'll give the room a good once-over. See if the desk is unlocked. He'll open up a couple of the drawers, like... This is a weird kind of book for someone to have. Um, Harry is somewhat familiar with stuff from past experiences. Like, he knows that there are beings and creatures that are outside of normal human expectation. Mm-hmm. So he's he's not, like, totally put out by it. Um, but it's, it's disconcerting that, you know, the Count would have access to this information right it's not something that most people would normally know about um, you know so he'll he'll check the desk he'll also go back through the books again and see if there's anything that stands out um, in a previous adventure they found a collection of occult/
3: mythos books uh, to see if anything sort of sticks out yeah and from the I door just, comes anything sticking out you find anything of interest? <laughs> Uh, yeah, Mike, uh, Mike took off. Is he okay? Uh, he I, a- I, I don't know. He seems to have, uh, you, you, I don't, I'm not sure exactly what happened. He sent me back up here to uh, talk to you. Um, kind of looks around the room.
0: Yeah. There, there's there's a weird selection of books up here. Um, and it, and he kind of like nudges the one on the table, like out of your line of view. Uh, yeah, Mike, Mike saw something that spooked him a little bit,
3: hmm. Hmm.
0: but I did find What do you these-
3: think you, it didn't spook you.
0: Uh, no, not not so much. It's always a little unsettling, but, um, I, I, I've seen a couple of, you know, that's not really important, but, uh, you know, there, there's some tunnels, uh, through Ah. a couple of these buildings here. looks like maybe all smuggling tunnels. Um, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe Jackson and, uh, and the count decided to go for a little looky loo.
3: I—I I mean, I, I know the count to be an adventurous man, and and certainly tunnels are well within Mister Lass's purview. But um, it seems extreme for a Wednesday night. <laughs>
2: Just briefly breaking in, uh, as as you guys are having this conversation, Harry's, like, rifling through drawers and looking on the bookshelf. The bookshelf doesn't – there's nothing else that really stands out to you. The rest of it looks pretty mundane as far as, like, medical and cooking and anatomy textbooks go. Um, nothing that looks, like, mythos-related. Uh, you pull open the dress and the the desk, and there is a bill of sale. Uh from the Petite Arcane, La Petite Arcane, which is oh. a bookstore on Bourbon Street. Mm. Uh the, the signature is Irina Martin on the okay. bottom. I was gonna uh, ask
3: that expec- specific
2: question. And the 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 book in question that was sold was the Anatomy Empiret, uh for five hundred dollars.
1: Wow. Hmm. In nineteen twenties, Jesus.
0: That's uh that's quite a hefty sum. You ain't lie, woof. Uh, you know, I show the bill of lading to uh,
3: to Tim. Mm. Well, all right. <clears throat> I think we need to go um, give uh, Miss Miss Martin a uh, a visit. Uh, perhaps her shop is open late.
0: Yeah, if she was at the event yesterday, she might have some mm. insight as to where uh, you know
3: Jackson and the count might be. Ideally, yes. Perhaps perhaps our friend Mister Shaw has recovered.
0: Yeah, let's hope so. And I, I reshelve the book where I think that it came from because I didn't see uh, Mike pull it off the, off the shelf. But if there's an obvious gap, he'll put it back. Relock the desk if it, if it you know, was unlocked by the key. You know, set everything back the way that it okay. should have been. Yeah. This is okay. not my first time <laughs> breaking into something, going through somebody's desk.
2: <laughs> I, think, I think Tip can appreciate that. Um, <laughs> you okay. collect Mike... Um, Anton seems to have reassembled himself. Um, I think Mike's crying and, uh, <laughs> perhaps his, his, the, the petting of Anton. The sobbing
1: and petting woke him up. You know, there was petting. There was definitely petty He probably and slipped into a lollipop at some point.
2: Anton, Anton is standing at the ready as you walk into the room and he says, um, may, may I, ra- it appears that your friends are not coming. May I arrange any transport for you this evening? Uh, Park. Ah yes,
3: Anton. Good to see you again. I'm glad to see you up and up and running again. Oh, no, you uh, can't le- keep me down. Uh, yes, yes, um, indeed. Uh, le Petite Arcane, I believe, is the name of a bookshop. Local bookshop. Uh,
2: Bourbon Street. Yes, just just down the street from. Uh Bienville, right right by the Count's.
3: Bienville fact. being the Count's uh, restaurant.
2: Yep, right off of Bourbon, Bienville, yes. All right,
3: uh, Yeah, we, uh, a taxi to take us there. And it looks, looks to his associates, unless you have any other additional destinations that you want to add to the itinerary.
0: I think that's the best, best place to start. Okay. That sounds good. Where are we going?
1: Uh, uh, you'll be to, fine.
3: You'll be fine, Mr. Shaw. We'll take you there.
1: It's a bookshop. Just don't check anything out. No, I've so, had my fill of books for tonight, thank you.
2: Your right. taxi arrives and takes you down to Bourbon Street, which is just a little bit over a mile away. Um, you pull up outside. As you're driving towards the bookshop and Bourbon Street, the rain is starting to fall, and it's beginning to come down fairly heavily. You're able to get to Bourbon without any difficulty, but it looks like it it's not going to let up. It, it it's a pretty heavy storm that's developing here. Um and you pull up outside the bookstore and as you get out of the taxi, you can see that there's a sign on the door.
3: I'm good at reading. What does it say?
2: It says dinner at th- <laughs> Dinner at the Count's, drinks on the house.
3: That's not true. We just came from the count's house.
0: No, oh, no, no. It's probably the
1: restaurant.
3: She's oh, so petty. Right.
1: Oh, okay, I was about to say, otherwise she is petty as hell.
3: <laughs> I believe this is a misdirection. No, but you are, I
1: believe you are all right, Mr. Stanton.
0: I mean, because it believe. was only supposed to be the three of us in uh, Jackson and the Count, so makes sense that it be at a restaurant, right?
1: Mm. One more point of clarification. Read that note to us one more time, Doc.
2: Mm. Dinner at the Count's drinks on the house. And Okay. And the the Count's restaurant is literally like you take you you take a few steps down the street and take a right and it's just around the corner I, I
1: do
3: put my i do put my head up i believe it's raining so i'm i'm sheltering my eyes i just put my head up to the window and look into the bookstore is, is, is there
2: any sign of life uh, you can see that there's a light on in what looks like a back room, but you don't see anyone in the bookstore. You can see bookshelves and they're like tchotchkes and knickknacks and various occult items, um, but you do not see anyone in the store. I use my ring to to tack loudly on the glass. Tick, tack, tack, tack,
1: tack. That is so tip. That nope. looks like tip. That feels nope. like a tip move.
2: <laughs> it is a tip move. No response. Hmm.
3: All right, Mister uh, Mister Stanton, I I turn over the direction of our next steps to you.
0: Well, yeah, I think uh, Anton said that the restaurant was uh, right over this way, and you know, lead off down the street towards the restaurant.
2: Okay. And, and since you're not taking a cab, you're you're getting pretty wet. Unless I, you of course, umbrellas. I grabbed it.
3: I, okay. I'm very accustomed. I grabbed the umbrella, and, and uh, sadly though, it's there's only room for one person underneath it. Not one person would be me. Um, I, I I must say, I'm a little bit disappointed to see that you've not prepared yourself so fully, um, Mr. Shaw and Stanton, for this rain. Uh, I wish there were more room underneath this m- umbrella.
2: Tip's perfectly coiffed mane of, like, campaign-cut hair is preserved by the umbrella, whereas the rest of you all get soaked as you walk around the corner to the count spot. So the restaurant is literally just steps away. And you can smell the Creole spices drifting through the windows as you pull up front. There's rain running off of the French flag that hangs over the entrance. As you walk in the door, a maitre d materializes and says, <laughs> I'm terribly sorry. Unless you have reservations, we do not have any tables this evening.
3: And uh, I step up.
2: <clears throat> I
0: figured.
3: Ah, <laughs> oh, good sir. Tip Palmer. Uh, Senator Palmer, that's to you. Um, we are actually guests of the Count, and we have uh, been uh, pointed in this direction to find his acquaintance. Um, is is the Count here tonight? You are, of course, familiar that he had house guests in town this week, and that is us, and he gestures to the... the my, my, my companions and I are a little peckered in this moment in, in our search for um, the Count. Uh, we are worried about him, but perhaps this might be a, an appropriate place to to stay while we wait for his arrival.
2: Sir, I do not concern myself with the Count's personal matters at his home. I am here for my, my job, which is to seat guests at the Count's restaurant. I understand your um, desire to eat. Um, if you are indeed guests, of the Count, um, you could see if there's a seat available uh, at the private party uh, in the back room.
0: Mm. Uh,
2: I'm afraid yes. the Count has not yet appeared for his dinner with Miss Martine, but she appears to have invited a number of friends.
3: Perfect. That was going to be my next question. Um, he takes, takes a, uh, a $5 bill and stuffs it in his, um, suit pocket.
2: And Um, he kind of like fastidiously, like rearranges it and and straightens (laughs) it out and pushes it down in the pocket.
3: Please lead the way.
1: Oh, that was hot.
2: he, he, He's he sort of like raises an eyebrow in annoyance, and then takes you through the restaurant. And there's a there's a room near the back, and you can see as he walks you through the restaurant, there there's waitstaff bringing trays of food mm. and drinks to this room, and you walk into the room. He stands at the door and kind of shoots you an eyebrow as you walk into the room. And in the room is is a woman sitting. At a table surrounded by food and a number of what looks like strange, weird, oddballs, uh, academic types. And she's just holding court. She's just talking. They're sitting there in rapt attention and drinking and eating food as she's going on. It's like, yes, I am eager for the symposium to take place. I am. Uh, I, I have the finest occult bookstore in all of America, and I think this is the best way to get the word out. Um, Not only that, but it's an incredibly successful business. I have started mail-ordering Herbs, spices, spell uh, components, aphrodisiacs. It has been quite a, a successful business venture for me. So I'm, I'm so glad that all of you could attend. And this is sort of the, the type of conversation that you're walking into. And the woman herself, she's very beautiful. She's got auburn hair. She's wearing a, a choker with a red jewel on her neck. And she's got bright red rick- lipstick that m- matches the jewel as she sort of, s- like, gestures to the people around the table. And she speaks with a very pronounced French French accent that I'm not going to Aww. subject anyone to. <laughs> oh, i got to go. Sorry, I, oh, t- sorry shoot, Dave. I forgot
3: that I've got to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so is she at the middle of a table or? Yep, she's
2: sitting at the middle of this table and just surrounded by just... People that are clearly symposium attendees mm-hmm. by by your, uh, by the looks of them. I'll um,
3: uh, I'll wait to a break um and I'll stride up and and um with my best social grace Uh Miss Martine uh Senator Tip Palmer here at your service. I have to say my friends and I are uh, attendees of the symposium as well uh, uh, and um friends of the author Jackson Elias. And I have to say that we have found you through mm, the course of fate. And it is my deep pleasure. And with that, he takes her hand and kisses it to meet your acquaintance. Finally. And these are my friends, Mr. Shaw, Mr. Stant.
2: She, she receives your gesture, um, warmly. Um, but still seems she, she draws her hand away as, as, as quickly as possible. Not slimy. Uh, <laughs>
1: it's not slimy <laughs> no you are honey it's not your uh, it's not your hand it's your yeah, personality there's a difference i
2: didn't i didn't yeah, <laughs> like, so guests of the count you, you wouldn't happen to know where he is would you
0: we were hoping that uh, maybe you could tell us uh doesn't seem like he's been around since yesterday did you, did you see him
2: I, he and I have not spoken in several days. This was supposed to be a, a dinner between us to clear the air. We had a bit of a, we've had a, a, a disagreement. I sold him a rare book. Uh, I wish to buy it back.
3: I give I give Mr. Shaw an eye, eyes.
1: Mr. Shaw is straight ahead because <laughs> that book.
2: <laughs> I wish to buy it back and. Uh, the Count was not willing to part with it, and I, and I offered a significant sum of money. I, at this point, I would trade just about anything for it.
1: Why? And all of that incredulity is right there on the front of his face. See, is not Mr. Social Navigator. He's just a navigator.
2: It's a disturbing oddity to the uninitiated, but it can, for those of us that study the arcane arts, it, it, it contains something quite powerful within it, something... Quite useful uh, for someone in my line of work.
1: Any oh, additional I, specificity I, she, that you'd like she would like to add?
2: She pauses to like build the suspense and because she's got the attention of the whole table and she kind of looks around, makes sure that everybody's paying attention to her. She's like, it contains a spell. I know some of you don't believe in such things, but a spell to reverse the most terrible curses and possessions. Yes, yes. I need that for myself. In fact, it it was rumored that the the famed Marie Laveau used the same spell uh, to 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 handle a, a, a local tragedy.
3: Do you have a curse that you need undone?
2: Well, I mean, not to be for frank, a f- for a fee, I, I would be willing to undo any curses. You know, just building my um, you know, my repertoire of a tool that Yes, I can yes, a tool you, set. You I, I understand. understand. Yes, yes, yes.
3: absolutely. No, are you a businessman? Uh in in some ways, I, I definitely am. Um, I have to say, um unfortunately we missed uh the performance last night, uh Tristan Torn's jazz operetta. Um how was oh, that?
2: Torn. I did not go. Oh uh, he he invited me.
3: Ah, well I would hope so. I believe well, go on.
2: Oh Yes, torn he manipulative egomaniac, uh, willing to do anything for attention really. Uh Yes, he insistently was pleading for me to come witness his grand spectacle, this finale, this, this thing that he had put together. He, he, you know, he, I let her use the local archives. He was very interested in some sort of um, some event that happened in the swamps here uh, a few years back. He wanted to use uh, one of the crypts as a venue for his performance. And uh, I, I have I have a collection of crypt keys. Again, my store. Uh, I, I did inherit a, a robust collection of local crypt keys, and uh, he talked me into borrowing one. It was a huge mistake. Should never have done it. I got him back, the keys back earlier this week. But I will never make that mistake again. The man is he's terrible. What happened? He'll do anything for his reputation.
3: Hmm. Well, I have to say that if, if that includes betraying uh, a, a lovely woman such as yourself, that um, it doesn't seem like he's very
2: honorable. Oh, no, most dishonorable. And, and and honestly, everybody talks about how attractive and and brilliant he is. But he, I think he's just, you know, he's a shock artist, hack and and a liar and a terrible lover. I mean, <clears throat> sorry.
1: <laughs> well, that rumor was just confirmed. Harry's eyebrow goes up. <laughs>
2: Uh, sorry. sorry, I've I've had a bit bit much champagne and wine to drink this evening.
3: Yes, of course. Uh, may I ask, uh, but the performance last night was at the crypt. Is that true? I,
2: I do not know. I do know that they were going to meet at the Absinthe House. It said so on the invitation uh-huh. that he sent me uh, beforehand.
3: Well, this. Do you know which crypt? Uh, which crypt it was? I believe
2: it was the Fauchet Crypt. In oh this-
0: shit! Would uh, Would you be willing to let us maybe? Uh- Borrow that key. Uh, it's starting to become a little concerning that uh, the count and our friend uh, Mister Elias haven't uh, haven't shown up in a couple of days. And if this uh, event was supposed to have taken place there, perhaps uh, maybe maybe something uh, untoward has happened.
2: I, le- I learned my lesson. I'm I'm not just handing out my crypt keys to anyone anymore.
0: I pull out my wallet and I produce my uh, business card with my you know my ID. Yeah. Harry Stanton, I'm a private in- investigator from up in New York.
2: Well, I will be sure to let you know if I have anything that needs investigating in New York, Mr. Stanton. That is very oh. generous of you.
3: I, I must take this moment to ask. and and with this, you know, we're obviously our conversation is the center of the table, and everyone's paying attention to. Did anyone here here tonight see this performance that was last night?
2: Great question, Dave. That is a great question. And, and he just
0: has and, a shocked look on his face right now.
2: <laughs> so the the table has, has been rapidly listening to this conversation taking place. And, and then a bunch of people speak up all at once in answer to your question. And it turns out you learn a couple of things. One, Torn's invitation included high-profile artists, writers, and then a bunch of socialites that had the cash that he was hoping to draw in, but no one here was able to attend the performance. No Mm -hmm. one else received an invitation. They had heard that it was going to be most depraved and sensational. While none of them were able to attend, some of them did hear strange singing and chanting from what they presumed were Torn's audience members as they Walked through the street of the French Quarter last night. They didn't see them, but they heard the echoes of strange songs and they never returned to socialize. Finally, one speaker, one person speaks up and says, Well, I heard they went off to play in the swamps with Cajun bootleggers after the show.
3: That's the favorite way of my spending Tuesday nights. (laughs)
1: Cajun
2: bootleggers. And Miss Martin just she she allows this interruption and don't know what to tell you. <clears throat> now, if you could do me a favor, I might be able to lend you the key.
0: I suppose it depends I your, on the favor.
3: I am but your honorable
2: servant. Well, if if there was any way you could convince the count, if you were to find him, to uh, surrender his book to me, I would be most grateful, and I would certainly be happy to show my gratitude by lending you one of those keys.
0: I'm sure we could talk to the count. That is presuming that we can find them, of course.
3: Smash cut to Harry Stanton breaking into the bookstore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Crowbar. <laughs>
3: I'm only half kidding.
2: And only half. It appears that her her attention has drifted away from you, and she begins,
1: oh. Miss Martin. Just one more thing, just just one more.
2: <laughs> she she had already started talking about her like um, herbal farming methods, and she looks back to you and she says, "Yes."
1: There was a depiction of a hand in that book, elongated finger, shadow, dark. Do you know what that is?
2: A pretty vague description, Mister Shaw. Was that it? You've
1: you've seen the book, though, correct? So you should know what I'm referring oh, to. Which is okay. he's coming off rude, which again is not how he typically.
2: To be honest, I didn't find the pictures too um, interesting. I was more um, concerned with the text within. Uh, Unfortunately, I didn't spend a lot of time perusing it before the Count took it off my hands, and I later learned the importance of it. But there are local legends of these sorts of creatures that you describe. Um, th- I actually have a wonderful book at my store that you might be interested in. You should stop by. It describes such things and the, the nature of these uh, legends and lore. And, and, and I think uh, I'd be happy to sell you a copy. We have plenty well-stocked. Great for tourists.
3: Smash cut start- to Mr. Stanton breaking into the
1: bookstore. <laughs> <into> book- <laughs> 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 How about you start with the name of whatever this creature is, and I'll take that under consideration.
2: Oh, They have no name. They just call them the Fauches. He's
1: going back home to Texas. (laughs) Okay.
2: And then at that point, she kind of looks away and begins pontificating about her business and occult matters.
0: This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.